0: You're listening to Distilling Theology. I'm Blake. And I'm Justin. And this is a podcast pairing discussions of theology and distilled spirits. And dad jokes. Amen. What's wrong with you people?
1: You're not David. I don't know why you're clapping. I'm talking about you.
2: Fatality. You know, starting a podcast about theology and distilled spirits is whiskey business. (laughs) I said that with a straight face. This is Distilling Theology.
1: Welcome to another episode of Distilling Theology where we distill the, well, I'm gonna start that over. (laughs) I love it.
0: (laughs) Where we distilled the other
2: <laughs> <laughs> We're also uh,
0: hyper-literalists in our You know what? You know
1: what? We're just going to keep this going. I'm not, I'm not going to record a second one. Are here. we? Yeah. I'm not going to record another one.
2: Yeah. Well, if you really want
1: to, you can do it, but I think we should just leave it. Let's go. All right. Well, welcome <laughs> to episode 48. <laughs> All right. Anyway. Hey, Blake. So uh, you're here. I Justin, am. Justin, you're here. I'm Eric. I am. I'm sometimes here, and I'm happy to be here tonight. Yeah. Right before we started recording tonight, Blake, you said that this has been a long week for you, and I just got to know, have you been persevering this week? (laughs) We are trying, man.
2: You know, it's... (laughs) We're just (laughs) a bunch of stumbling saints over here. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, welcome to episode 48 of Distilling Theology. We are off to a wonderful start. We are so excited to be joined by Eric again, our part-time co-host and uh, partner in crime, full-time, obviously. (laughs) Yeah, so uh, tonight we are talking about the perseverance of the saints, the P in tulip, the final countdown in this five points of Calvinism. And uh, we're going to be tasting something very special, very sweet uh, and uh, comforting, much like this doctrine can be. Uh, Eric, what are we sipping tonight? Oh, tonight we are sipping the
1: Lagavulin Distillers Edition, one Ooh. of my favorites, perhaps my favorite in the uh, Lagavulin lineup. Whoa! It is a uh, sherry statement. finished. Yeah, it is a sherry finished Lagavulin, so it is age sixteen years, just like their standard sixteen year. But the last, I couldn't find the info on this, but I think the last couple of years, I believe it is. Um, it'll, it'll finish in Pedro Jimenez or PX sherry barrels, which is one of the sweeter, if not the sweetest, I believe, uh, types of sherry Mm. out there. It is. Yeah. Where they actually dry (laughs) the grapes out in the sun and kind of concentrate those sugars before they ferment it. Um, so it's finished in that, uh, it's bottled at 43% ABV or 86 proof. Mm. Um, and it's fantastic.
2: Yeah, and it's one of those things that I had this for the first time a couple of years ago. I got this as a a Christmas gift to give to my brother. And uh, then I got it for him again, and uh, he let me pour some for Justin and I. So we do have slightly different batches. Justin and I are drinking the 2017 bottling, uh, batch 4-506. And Eric, which bottling are you uh, sipping tonight?
1: Uh, Mine is 4-508, so mine was bottled in 2019. I have... Last year's release. I think you guys have three years ago release. So I, I believe it's a once a year release from Logoful, mm-hmm. if I remember correctly.
2: So according to Justin, then uh, your release is objectively better and more completed.
1: Yeah. You know, kind of like the 1689 <laughs> and the 1646. <laughs> totally. Absolutely. There it is. Got to
2: keep those gotta keep those jokes on. <laughs> well, let's just jump right into it. What do you guys smell right off the bat?
0: Well, immediately I've been, I've been sitting here smelling it for a few minutes now because it's, mm. I don't know, really enticing. It's a lot sweeter, irresistible. (laughs) (laughs) Wrong doctrine of grace, Blake. (laughs) That was last week. (laughs) Uh, We'll we'll persevere through that joke, Blake. (laughs) No, it's it's significantly more um, sweet. uh, Mm -hmm. Just right out of the gate. I mean, you still get the the sort of barbecue meat, but Mm -hmm. um, but it's more surrounded with. It's much more in the background. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a lot less medicinal. Mm -hmm. Um, I get like dates and
2: raisins kind of sweetness, which makes sense from the Pedro Jimenez sherry influence. Um, Mm -hmm. Because if you've ever... Well, and actually I have a... Well, even raisins and walnuts. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: I also get uh, like strawberries and cream. But dates and raisins though, Blake, you're spot on. The sherry notes, figs. Mm -hmm. Um, I get gushers like the dark red gushers like if you imagine the gushers, gushers. Cane, you know what I'm talking about right those those yeah yeah, I know. Kid,
0: yeah. The, 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 yeah. The went back snacks. to middle school man wow Dude,
1: picture like a red gusher <laughs> but instead of like that sugary syrup you got like sherry bursting out of it mm. yeah
2: but uh, mm. see are now we, we gotta make we, adult gushers are we making an idea are we making a million dollar idea <laughs> adult for adult gushers, gushers? <laughs> <laughs> yes. but then on the labeling we can print different theolo- theological quotes like you contribute nothing to your salvation except <laughs> the sin that made it necessary. necessary. <laughs> oh goodness. They, they could yeah. be,
1: uh, they could be like hearts of stone and you bite into
2: them. And, <laughs> and, <you know>. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So if anyone with uh, money and, or the ability to make this happen is listening, um, you can email us at theology at <laughs> This
0: is a great idea.
2: Justin's taking yeah. notes. There's I just take some
1: notes back to the whiskey, though. There is a little bit of salt and sea spray on there. It is very oh, yeah. subdued, yeah. just like I think that um, that that uh, pork belly, you know, mm-hmm. that that dry rub pork belly. It's very it's yeah. it's subdued. But I do get a little bit of smoke as well. I mean, it is an Isla yeah. whiskey. Um, sure. I'm sure somebody who's not overly familiar with Isla's would probably pick up a lot more smoke on the nose. I think I'm mm-hmm. desensitized to it, but it is there. Yeah. And sure, I get yeah. I get a, a hint of pencil eraser. Okay, not in now a that bad you way. It. Like not that in a you bad way, it. but like you know, go no, going back to there. middle school,
0: like <laughs> one of those is big erasers, there? the big ones. Yeah, or just the end of the pencil.
1: <laughs> those pink, yeah, the pink, <laughs> the, the pink eraser. <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh
2: my word. Ooh. Yeah. No, this is this smells <laughs> like
1: amazing.
2: For those who aren't on Patreon, Eric just held up a, a pencil. Oh, pencil! We need yeah, very I literal should. visual representation right of
1: Just see if you take this and you <laughs> stick it up your nose and to get a big whiff of it. That's I get a hint of that. See, this is the quality <laughs> content that our patrons it's signed up for. Cool. Like I feel
0: like every week, at least once, you you make the you make the quote that this is the content that our patrons are paying for. Listen, man, I got to remind people why they're
2: why they're giving us the big bucks. Yeah.
1: Let's be honest. Blake's the straight man. He has to keep us on task. I mean, when I'm not here, he's full of dad. jokes. I mean, he's full of dad jokes, regardless. <laughs> but if it were just Justin and I, we would just laugh our heads off. Yeah, we and get we struggled nowhere. with that
0: theonomy episode
1: getting through. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, so Blake keeps us on Listen, task. That's he what takes happens. us to task too. Yeah, when Ooh. you have a couple uh, a couple 1689ers and a potentially something else in a room, you know the the other, <laughs> the other guy has to you know
0: a potentially something else. <laughs> Mm. Anyways, well, let's yeah, let's, let's, yeah, let's get
2: in this. and taste this So you're an Armenian. Oh, tune in next week. <laughs> you won't believe what happens next. <laughs> Cheers, gentlemen. mm Mm-hmm. Is
0: that your first sip of this, Justin, ever? It is. Ooh. All right. Does it make you want to Oh, insane? that is a wholly different experience than the other longer ones. A whole, like a holy, holy difference, holy like entirely, but holy, 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 <laughs> holy, holy, holy difference. It's hard. Is it the like trifold repetition of yeah. holiness. Yeah, it's, it's like a, like. it's like it's like being enveloped with a smoky hug of dark chocolate and raspberries. Mm. Ooh, that's really good. Yeah. Dude. Oh man,
1: so yeah, man. I, I actually feel like it's a little tart on the front end. Got a little bit of a yeah, tart yeah. grape skins. I also get, right after that, some asphalt comes in. Yeah. Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. yeah you yeah. just
1: lick asphalt. Yeah. Again, go back to middle school. You guys never licked asphalt? <laughs> <laughs> if I had some asphalt here, I'd hold yeah, it
0: right up, after, like after sniffing my number two, two like pencil right eraser. Yeah. <laughs>
2: and then eat some Gushers. <laughs> it's <laughs> great. <laughs> Middle school was apparently a weird time for the players. But then again, for whom wasn't uh, middle school a weird time? I think middle school may be one of the, aside from like a bunch of toddlers, I think middle school might be the greatest argument for total depravity.
0: Mm, Absolutely. That's what makes those teachers really saints. They persevere through (laughs) listening to (laughs) us. Two hours later.
2: Oh man. Yeah, dude, I'm. And I get some of that sherry influence. It is it is very tannic and drying towards the back mm-hmm. though, which is interesting mm-hmm. because it's, yep. I agree with you. It's kind of tart at the finish, at the, at the beginning and the, the finish. Air, it, yeah. And it's, but it's still characteristically like a I get mm-hmm. that billowing smoke.
1: Yeah.
2: I get um, a little bit of pepper, I think. Um, and maybe, I don't know. There's like a little charcoal as well at the back of the mouth.
0: Well, yeah, it's a little bit ashy sort of mm-hmm. um, as it finishes off, but it's a long finish. Yeah, it's that still really going. Just,
2: yeah, it just keeps going. <laughs> you know, it just keeps uh,
0: persevering. <laughs> the
2: perseverance of the whiskey finish. <laughs> no, this actually, in, in all seriousness, though, that I feel like the as goof as goofy as it was to be like, let's pair different Lagavulans with the five points of Calvinism. This is the Lagavulin to pair with this doctrine tonight. Because it's um, the sweetest? It's the sweetest. It has one of the longest finishes. It is... Oh. <laughs> um, it combines everything that we like about the earlier versions and, and then mellows it and sweetens it uh, mm. even further, which uh, this doctrine should do uh, for us. But anyways, yeah, it's, man. It's yeah, almost so the it's actual, pretty
0: thick. It's pretty, it's almost yeah. chewy.
2: It does have kind of a chewy mouthfeel. And actually mm. the first time I had this whiskey was at a um, bar in Saranac Lake, New York. Um, it yeah. was not a super fancy bar, Love but Saranac. they randomly had like, lagavulin distillers edition on the wall for like 25 dollars a pour so naturally i was like all right i'll try that and i remember being absolutely awestruck by it and how rich it was and how it it brought like that smoky complexity of the 16 yeah uh with this sherry influence and um man it's so good
1: I'm
0: just gonna start describing my whiskey as wealthy instead of
1: rich. <laughs> I,
2: lo-
0: See, I, I love, love to like in common vernacular. I like <laughs> to, to replace words with synonyms that are not normally used. Yeah, oh. this is this is the problem. Blake's like being all serious, and Justin just interjects
1: with something no, ridiculous. But that's what makes and, and what then, it makes then and then theology. I can't focus on anything Blake's saying. But now I'm just thinking about how I'm gonna start professionally in my line of
2: work. Just start calling whiskey wealthy. <laughs> No, I don't. I don't think they. <laughs> I think that. There, but. <laughs> no, I think that would only apply to like the, um, like the Van Winkle whiskeys and things like Ooh. that that are heavily allocated. Which somebody in the distilling theology Facebook group had a good question about this week, so that was fun. Mm-hmm. Um, it's always enjoyable. <laughs> Anyways, before we get ourselves into too much trouble, let's uh, open with some prayer from uh, the Puritan collection of prayers in the Valley of Vision, and uh,
0: read none other by, but read by none other than our local orator. Oh boy.
2: Uh, This one, if you have the Valley of Vision, please open with us to page 92. This is called Assurance. Almighty God, I am loved with everlasting love, clothed in eternal righteousness. My peace flowing like a river. My comforts many and large. My joy and triumph unutterable. My soul lively with a knowledge of salvation my sense of justification unclouded. I have scarce anything to pray for. Jesus smiles upon my soul as a ray of heaven, and my supplications are swallowed up in praise. How sweet is the glorious doctrine of election when based upon thy word and wrought inwardly within the soul. I bless thee that thou wilt keep the sinner thou hast loved and hast engaged that he will not forsake thee else I would never get to heaven. I wrong the work of grace in my heart if I deny my new nature and my eternal life. If Jesus were not my righteousness and redemption, I would sink into nethermost hell by my misdoings, shortcomings, unbelief, unlove. If Jesus were not by the power of his Spirit my sanctification, there is no sin I should not commit. Oh, when shall I have his mind? When shall I be conformed to his image? All the good things of life are less than nothing when compared with his love. And with one glimpse of thy electing favor, all the treasures of a million worlds could not make me richer, happier, more contented for his unsearchable riches are mine. One moment of communion with him, one view of his grace, is ineffable, inestimable. But, O God, I could not long after thy presence if I did not know the sweetness of it, and such I could not know except by thy Spirit in my heart, nor love thee at all unless thou didst elect me, call me, adopt me, save me. I bless thee for the covenant of grace. Amen.
0: Amen.
1: Man, I am I am glad to be talking about this this doctrine, mm. of the perseverance of the saints, with you gentlemen this evening because something that I know I need to dwell on more. That whole first third of that prayer, mm. Blake. I don't identify it right with it right now. Like mm. I know I have in my my walk with Christ as a Christian, I've definitely felt that way before but the whole first third of him in elation just praying like Mm. my peace flowing like a river my comforts many and large my joy and triumph unutterable right Mm. my soul lively with the knowledge of salvation my sense of justification unclouded i have scarce anything to pray for Mm. (laughs) Mm. like that is not where i'm personally at in my soul right now though again (laughs) i felt it but I love mm-hmm. recording these episodes with you guys because as we've talked about before, talking about these doctrines always leads us into a place mm-hmm. of doxology, a, a place yeah. of praise and worship of God and, and rejoicing mm-hmm. in these doctrines that we get distracted from in day-to-day life. Um, yeah. Yeah. So thanks for having me yeah. on tonight, gentlemen. <laughs> I, I appreciate it. And this is, you know, of all of all the doctrines, I mean, it kind of wraps up and culminates in this for a reason. And it's such yeah. a great comforting doctrine to discuss. Mm-hmm. So,
2: Amen.
0: Indeed. Indeed. So, if you guys haven't figured it out, <laughs> we are talking about angels to no, we're talking about perseverance of the saints, uh, or the preservation of the saints is another Ooh. way you can put it. In other words, the idea that uh, as folks who have been saved by grace through faith in Christ alone, mm. that our salvation is in fact secure. Our comfort can be true, peaceful comfort knowing that God will not lose us. This Mm -hmm. idea that we will persevere by his grace alone unto ultimately glorification uh, upon our death in this particular portion of our eternal life uh, Mm -hmm. in Christ. So how about somebody lead us in with some sort of... I don't know, evidence of such a ridiculous doctrine that for some reason people want to object to? <laughs> well, I do want to make one quick
2: distinction as we Please. jump in. Um, I have found in some circles um, this concept uh, distorted in sure. a couple of terms. So, And you'll okay. hear some Calvinists use this language. So this is just sort of my own experience speaking here. But I've heard some circles use the terms once saved, always saved or eternal security. Mm -hmm. Um, But in the circles I have been exposed to. So, again, this isn't universal. I know Calvinists use this language, but the people I've been exposed to who use that kind of language come from this weirdly synergistic background. So they would affirm this idea that you have to say the sinner's prayer and you have to give your life to Jesus. But once you do that, it doesn't really matter what you do because you're saved which obviously is a terrifying position to be in. Mm -hmm. Um, But I've heard people share that view. And so I want to make a distinction. Again, as I said, some people use that language. This is just what I'm familiar with. I want to make sure we make a a sharp distinction between that kind of idea from what we're speaking about in a a reformed view of perseverance of the saints, because it's not the same
0: thing. Similarly, from an Armenian Wesleyan background, um, I have often heard the same terms, once saved, always Mm -hmm. saved. Um, or eternal security as describing those on the, uh, alternate spectrum of what we believed. And, um, I, I think on one hand it, yes, we can say once we're saved, we're always saved unto glorification, but it's not, it's not, um, that's not an, a nearly all encompassing, uh, way of explaining the doctrine, you know, because it's so much more than that. Um, it's not as though we've punched our card uh, or our ticket to heaven and now we can just carry on our wayward as wayward sons <laughs> you know <laughs> what I mean and so uh so yeah we'll we'll touch on that um for sure yeah. to to give a more fully mm. orbed view as it were mm. yeah
2: <clears throat> well, I guess we could get into some I mean Eric, you want to read from uh was that first John?
1: where specifically Oh
2: sorry.
0: <laughs> <laughs> turn, turn to page 25 that, you know? just turn, all the first john <laughs>
2: turn, turn to page 25 in the notes just kidding uh, first john 2 uh verse 19 there
1: okay sure <laughs> surprise well, just well, while find you that, while that real quick while yeah. you're turning there i'm going to read uh from got, john chapter 10 <clears throat> here okay. we go you good well i think you know what um Let's. I'll read this, but let's keep it in mind. I'm sure we'll come back to it when we discuss some objections to this doctrine, like in the book of Hebrews. So we'll, I'll read it, but... No, you're right, you're think, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, where is it? Um, Alright, so this is John saying, uh, they went out from us, but they were not of us. Or if they had been of us, they would have continued with us. But they went out that it might become plain that they all are not of us. Hmm. And I, John is speaking of apostates there who are leaving the Christian church.
2: And then in John, uh, John's gospel in the 10th chapter, um, pick up in verse, I'll pick up in verse 25. Jesus answered them, I told you and you do not believe. The works that I do in my father's name bear witness about me, but you do not believe because you were not among my sheep. We talked about that a couple of weeks ago. For my Indeed. sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. And I give them eternal life and they will never perish and no one will snatch them out of my hand. My father who has given them to me is greater than all. and No one is able to snatch them out of the father's hand. I and the father are one. And what I find beautiful, and Justin, you drew this out a couple of weeks ago, that it's the father's hand, it's the son's hand. like It's the same, like God is holding his people in his hand. No one can take them away from him. I guess we get into some confessions here. uh, Westminster 17.1 reads, uh, They whom God hath accepted in his beloved, effectually called and sanctified by his spirit, can neither totally nor finally fall away from the state of grace, but shall certainly persevere therein to the end and be eternally saved. So what Westminster and London Baptist very similar is saying is if if God is the one doing this monergistic work of salvation, then ultimately those who he is electing to save can't fall away because it's God who's doing the work. I don't know, Eric, you were going to say something. John
1: no, I was there. just going to say, okay, but then uh, what about what I read in 1 John 2.19 about those mm-hmm. who went out from them? And mm-hmm. what about what it says in Hebrews uh, Hebrews six 6.4? Uh, For it is impossible in the case of those who have once been enlightened... Who have tasted the heavenly gift and have shared in the Holy Spirit and have tasted the goodness of the Word of God and the powers of the age to come and have then and then have fallen away to restore them again to repentance. And it goes mm-hmm. on, but well,
0: yeah. But what about those people?
2: Oh, Justin.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Justin, come on. There's a couple of distinctions that we should make. Uh, First of all, <laughs> um okay, so in this case, we definitely want to implore the tactic of using scripture to interpret scripture uh because you know it's helpful uh to have a whole context um so <laughs> Blake looks surprised, wow, context, what is this <laughs> right uh Eric, you already touched on this a little bit, but it's the idea of. Um, apostates, right? Folks mm-hmm. who were outwardly um, mm-hmm. part of the visible body, the church. Uh, they 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 were, uh, as far as you and I could tell, uh, brothers and sisters. Mm-hmm. Um, but they have since fallen away. Uh, mm-hmm. They're going to lose uh, some of the blessings that are inherent in being part of the visible body. Just being around Christians and being in the in the Christian church is, has benefits. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, you can see that in society, culture. Flourishes when it's under a more Christian um culture. It's just the, the nature of doing things God's yeah. way. Christians um, with benefits. That's insane, Christians right? with benefits. <laughs> 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 Blake's got the disappointed dad face on right now. <laughs> well, you could see that if you were on Patron. <laughs> uh,
1: so anyway, well, um, so, so to interrupt you, I know we're like sorry, but. I think a way to think about this yeah. is John said they, they went out from us mm-hmm. because they were not truly of us. Mm-hmm. So who's the they and who's the us that John right. is talking about? And I think in other passages that we'll see in what Blake read in John 10, mm-hmm. the us that's being talked about are the elect. Mm-hmm. Right. That those who go out from the elect, those who no longer profess Christ or fall away, what are known as apostates, Mm-hmm. Um, the reformed understanding, the doc- the understanding as, as laid out in the doctrines of grace is that they were never actually elect that God will always mm-hmm. preserve his elect. I mean, that's the great thing about this doctrine. And there's the call it the perseverance of the saints or the preservation of the saints. One is looking at what mm-hmm. we experience. Yeah. We persevere with the help of the mm-hmm. Holy spirit. Right. And then the other yeah. is God's work the preservation, him preserving us and helping us to persevere. But um, I think regardless of whether you're a Reformed Baptist or you're a Presbyterian or or, or any other of the Reformed camps, um, there's slight differences yeah. in how we might understand the warning passages in Hebrews. You have more than just Hebrews 6, you have Hebrews 10 as well and some others. But we would all agree that what's in question here with the, the preservation of the saints is the elect that God preserves <laughs> the elect. They right. will be saved. And if on the last day someone is shown not to be elect, it wasn't because they were once and then they fell away. Right. Um, it's that they never were to begin with.
0: Well, right. When we've gone over this now, I think in two episodes, John six, mm-hmm. uh, 44 mm-hmm. and 45 and so on, you know, um, when it yeah. says that no one can come to the father unless uh, the father who sent me draws him and I will raise him up on the last day. Like it's not a, you know, it's not a question of, I might raise him up. Um, it's, I'm going to raise him up. Um, so if that's the case, if God is going to raise you up on the last day, um, that's a, that's a certainty. That's a promise yeah. from God. And either God is lying uh, or we <laughs> so often misunderstand the doctrine. Right. Mm-hmm.
2: Well, I think also we could look in, um, this isn't just like a New Testament phenomenon, right? If we go to First right. Kings chapter nineteen, which is Elijah, right, the still where that still small voice comes from, right? Yeah. And he sees all these crazy signs, and yet the voice of the Lord is not in those. It's that still small whisper, which of course is a sign specific to the prophet. Like we're not going to get into all that right now, but what I want to draw attention to is that Elijah is he feels like the last believing man in Israel. That he is alone. That God has abandoned him that he is by himself. And what does the Lord say to him as he tells him to go back? Mm-hmm. Uh, in verse 18, the Lord says to him, yet I will leave 7,000 in Israel, all the knees that have not bowed to Baal and every mouth that has not kissed him. And so what's happening there is God has, the, and this is a theology that we will see throughout scripture, this idea of a remnant, right? That there is, you know, corporate Israel, or the corporate church, if you want, you know, if you want to speak in in Reformed Baptist terms, you would speak in you know the covenant of works, covenant of grace. If you're speaking Presbyterian terms, you would speak about Old Testament, New Testament administrations, the covenant. But regardless, there's a body of people that are you know visibly the the people of God, but within that visible body, there is an invisible uh, portion of people who are those that are elect, those who are saved. And as uh, uh, my pastor at my church pointed out. That invisible church or language also refers to those that have gone on to glory and to those who are yet to be born. That The invisible church is not only a matter of like those that are, um, you know, elect in the midst of the visible body, but it's also referring to the saints who have gone into glory and those who are yet to be born, which is so encouraging and amazing. And oftentimes I feel like that gets lost and it was so cool to hear that. And he said it in an accent, right? He did say it in an accent, and someday we may get to hear it. Uh, but Oh, and, good uh, call, uh, eh? Westminster Confession 17.2 uh, to what Eric was saying, just a second there, is that uh, this perseverance of the saints depends not upon their own free will, but upon the immutability of the decree of election, flowing from the free and unchangeable love of God the Father, upon the efficacy of the merit and intercession of Jesus Christ, the abiding of the spirit of the, and of the seed of God within them and the nature of the covenant of grace from all which ariseth also the certainty and infallibility thereof. And I'm sure 1689, 172 is a little different there, but the thrust is the same, right? It's not about us. And that's the whole point of this doctrine. That's the whole point we've been getting at with all five points here, right? Is that it's God's work. It's, I love this, the free and unchangeable love of the Father the efficacy of the merit and intercession of jesus christ the abiding of the spirit how comforting Mm -hmm. is that father son and spirit united in purpose though different in how in what they're each doing yet united what completely in their purpose to save a people
1: yeah and we see that with the doctrines of grace right this Mm. they all flow naturally from one another they're all united you can't you know, argue for one, you can't talk about one without talking about the others because they necessarily flow from one another logically. Mm-hmm. We also see them in scripture. We see the, pretty much the entirety of the doctrines of grace in single yeah. sentences. You know, in John 6, yeah. we see sections where yeah. in one or two sentences, the entire doctrines, all, all five of them are all <coughs> mm-hmm. uh, wrapped up in that. Um, but yeah. speaking of comforting, you know, in talking about the, the working of the triune God together, mm-hmm. um, what you just read in that uh, 17.2 about the unchangeable uh, love of God, Charles mm-hmm. Spurgeon, um, he was a 1689 guy, not a Westminster guy, just in case, <laughs> you know, but <clears throat> the, we have the prince of preachers. But he said, if one dear saint of God had perished, so might all, if one of the covenant ones be lost so may all be. And then there is no gospel promise true, but the Bible is a lie and there is nothing in it worth my acceptance. I will be an infidel at once when I can believe that a saint of God can ever fall finally. If God hath loved me once, then he will love me forever.
0: Yeah. And,
1: you know, that's that's just Spurgeon, mm. man. He's just saying that God is uncha- basically saying God is unchanging there.
0: Yeah. Uh, John MacArthur would summarize that as: "If I could lose my salvation, I would." <laughs> yeah. <there he> <laughs> yeah. Well,
2: and that gets into uh, you know Article Three of this chapter of the Confession, which picks up. Nevertheless, they may, through the temptations of Satan and of the world, the prevalency of corruption remaining in them, and the neglect of the means of their preservation, we'll come back to that, fall into grievous sins. And for a time, continue therein, whereby they incur God's displeasure. We could look at someone like David Mm. and grieve his Holy Spirit, come to be deprived of some measure of their graces and comforts, have their hearts hardened and their consciences wounded, hurt, and scandalize others and bring temporal judgments upon themselves. So again, we're not talking about eternal punishment, right? We're not talking about being cast into hell. We're talking about it is possible for people who are truly saved to suffer consequences uh, in this life because they have been tempted away by Satan, by the world, by the corruption remaining in their flesh. We, I mean, David's a great example, right? A man after God's own heart, and yet he commit—he basically breaks every one of the Ten Commandments when he uh, commits adultery with Bathsheba, has Uriah killed, and the devastation that is wrought upon his, his personal world and the mm-hmm. kingdom of Israel— he never recovered. From, he never knew peace the rest of his days. His mm-hmm. household was torn for the rest of his days because of those acts. The temporal, even though David is elect, David is saved, right? God brought him, humbled him and brought him to repentance. Yet David still suffered the temporal consequences in his life of the sin that he committed. So we don't escape that just because, you know, it's to, to what we were talking about earlier with eternal security and this idea that, well, I said a prayer once so I can do whatever I want. No, no, we can't. (laughs) Shall we, you know, to quote Paul again, shall we sin more that grace may abound? May it never be God forbid. No, like that's not the point of the gospel. Anyways, I'm getting excited. (laughs) Absolutely. I mean, we, we,
1: God is a God of means and oftentimes, um, when we stumble when we put ourselves in um we as as the Westminster put it, we bring temporal judgments on ourselves, not eternal judgments, but temporal judgments mm-hmm. those judgments God uses those to turn his people back towards him yeah. um, you well, have it, you have Assyria conquering um conquering Israel, and God mm-hmm. using that as a means to actually uh, uh preserve his remnant to cause them to turn from their trust in human governments and, and the like and yeah. turn to the Lord during captivity. And in and, and Isaiah nine and ten, um God mm. uh Isaiah's talking about God using Assyria in that way to turn his remnant towards him. So yeah. Mm. Yeah, God uses these things. He used um David's sin
0: to to yeah. humble him. Yeah. Mm. Well I, I like how um if we turn to the 1689, I like how it doesn't just end with, yet they shall, uh, er, and bring temporal judgments on themselves. It, uh, it continues on and says, yet they shall renew their repentance and mm. be preserved through faith in Christ Jesus to the end. Mm. So mm. it adds that yeah. that section on the hope that we have that yeah. our repentance in Christ will be renewed. And then that, of mm-hmm. course, carries on through Um, going into uh, chapter 18, uh, talking about the assurance and the grace that we have in salvation. But Mm. but before Um, you do that, just don't
1: brush over that real quick. You just showed one of many, many reasons why the 1689 is better than the Westminster. Are you sure about that? So, I just wanted to point that out. You just, you gave another yet yet another. So, but go on, go on now.
0: Another one. What? (laughs) Um, (laughs) <laughs> so yeah, it, it carries on uh going into the assurance of grace and salvation mm-hmm. um and starts off talking actually uh briefly of that, that uh that group of believers that we touched on earlier, quote unquote believers mm-hmm. uh that were not in fact elect. Um although it, says, it calls them temporary believers, although temporary believers and other other unregenerate men. Okay, so they're called believers, <laughs> but they're unregenerate, right? Yeah, they the, don't actually
2: the Westminster believe. uses the phrase "hypocrites" there, but same yeah. same idea of those that, pre- that are putting on the show. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, <laughs> other unregenerate men uh, may vainly deceive themselves. Right? They even believe it <laughs> with false hopes and carnal presumptions of being in the favor of God and the state mm-hmm. of salvation. That reminds me of a quote. I forget who said it, but there is a distinction that those there are those who genuinely um, know Christ. And then those who genuinely believe they know Christ mm. <laughs> mm. and and that's a that's a huge distinction and a scary one when you mm-hmm. think about it that these people truly have lied to themselves in such a way that they actually believe that they believe in Christ, mm. and they don't. Um,
1: well, let's talk about that, yeah, because you're yeah. right, that's scary. Mm-hmm.
0: so is this
1: doctrine a scary doctrine or a comforting doctrine,
2: yeah, and why? Yes. Well, it should give us pause, right? It should cause Mm -hmm. us to recognize and to examine ourselves as the apostles Mm -hmm. repeatedly call us to throughout the Old Testament or throughout the New Mm -hmm. Testament. And I wanted to read a little bit from from Hebrews later on in the 12th Mm -hmm. chapter, starting in verse five. Have you forgotten the exhortation that addresses you as sons? My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord nor be wary when reproved by him. For the Lord disciplines the one he loves and chastises every son whom he receives. It is for discipline that you have to endure. God is treating you as sons. For what son is there whom his father does not discipline? If you are left without discipline in which all have participated, then you are illegitimate children and not sons." Besides this, we have had earthly fathers who disciplined us, and we respected them. Shall we not much more be subject to the Father of spirits and live? For they disciplined us for a short time, as it seemed best to them. But he disciplines us for our good, that we may share in his holiness. For the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant, but later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. And so, yeah, it should be. It is challenging. Discipline is uncomfortable when it's happening. When when the Lord chastises Mm. his children, we don't Mm -hmm. like that. But it's for our good. It's to that we, what what does the author say there? That we may share in his holiness, which is the whole promise, right? Being conformed into the image of Christ. And you both being fathers, you can probably attest to this, like, you don't discipline your children because you're angry at them or because you don't like them or because you want to harm them. You discipline them because you love them and because you want them to grow in maturity. Right? I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. I'm not a, I'm not a father. I mean, I I've definitely jokes. been so, angry at yeah. them before. Yeah.
0: <laughs> on, on, our, sure. on our
2: good days, Blake, yes, we do
0: that. Sure. Do it the right way. But. <laughs> yeah.
2: no, but I mean, speak to that. Like when 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 one of your kids is acting up and you see them doing something foolish that discipline doesn't come ultimately from a place of reactionary anger right um right ultimately it's and even if it is anger on the surface right ultimately why is that upsetting to you
0: well right and i've sat down with levi before and talked to him about you know after you know he's sat in timeout or whatever punishment he's had i'll Mm. sit down and i'll talk with him i'll say levi look the reason that I'm having you sit in out or the reason that I spanked you, is because ultimately I want you to grow up and have a good and fruitful life, and in a, a successful life, and one that ultimately is honoring to God. Because I want, I want you to know God. I want you to love God, and I want you to to honor Him in the way that you live. And um, and and that's important for Him to understand that. Because and he always, he always, you know, he'll give me a big hug after that. You know, he knows that he knows that I'm not punishing him because I I don't like him or any of those things. You know, he knows that it's because I love him and I want what's best for him. Um, and mm. so, you know, sometimes I, don't stick your finger on the thing that's going to burn you because I don't <laughs> want you to burn yourself. It's not because I hate you because mm-hmm. I want you to not die. You know, <laughs> yeah. I think when we think about how
1: this doctrine is comforting and yes, it can be scary, but really more than scary, it should cause us to pause. Like you said, Blake, mm-hmm. um, When we, when, when, as you read from the Valley of Vision, let me see if I can find it again really quick. Um, my peace flowing like a river, my comforts many and large, my joy and triumph unutterable, my soul lively with the knowledge of salvation, my sense of justification unclouded. I have scarce anything to pray for. Jesus smiles upon my soul as a ray of heaven and my supplications are swallowed up in praise we, why should we not always feel that as Christians, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, our, the, the beauty of our salvation, the beauty of our God, you know, the the marvelous work of Christ and his person um, should cause us to feel enraptured with those things, but we don't. And mm-hmm. as I confessed earlier, it, it, there are times and there are seasons we go through. And these warnings, I think, are um, things that cause us to pause. They They rouse us. Uh, from sometimes that, that spiritual, um, winter, that spiritual mm-hmm. coldness that we can at times feel because it can, I know it has for me shaken me a little bit and thought, well, why, why is my, uh, the thought of my justification, not unclouded in my mind? Why does it feel mm-hmm. clouded? Why, yeah. uh, why is my peace not like a river, <laughs> but rather <laughs> yeah. just a dried up, you know, river bed right now? I have no peace. Um, so I think about those things, um, when I'm reminded to examine myself to see that I'm in the faith, right? So it yeah. can be a little, uh, um, scary to hear, but the thing that's comforting about it is the same thing that's comforting about the gospel. I mean, that's what we were talking about. That's what the tulip is, right? It's, it's really yeah. just, um, it's soteriology. It's the understanding of the work of God in salvation, the work of god in salvation not the work of us in (laughs) salvation right right and so that's what's comforting about this is the same thing as the the gospel it's just it's repent and believe it's not Mm -hmm. do more works earn your salvation not work up within yourself that peace don't work up within yourself um those songs of praise Mm -hmm. um it's the holy spirit that has always from the beginning been at work in us remember we've we've talked about that with um, with Irresistible Grace last week. Um, it's God who works. It's God who's going to continue working us. It's God who's going to discipline us as our Father, as you said, Blake and Justin. And and um, the comforting thing is that it is still salvation by grace alone, through faith alone, mm-hmm. not in yeah. no works, so that no one may yeah. boast. And that's the comforting thing is... is um, <laughs> When I find myself needing to dwell on these doctrines, and I find my my soul in tumult and turmoil, um, I don't need to doubt my salvation just because mm. I'm in this season, or because I am seeing yes. my fruit may feel as if it's drying up mm. um, instead of producing more an abundance of fruit. It might feel like it's drying, but I don't need to fear because the same God from day one when he gave me a regenerate heart and gave me the gift of faith, and I had the joy at day one. It's the same God who can work now. It's the same gospel that I, I believe in now and can bring that joy back. And I just want to re- read Philippians 2.12. Uh, mm. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now, not only as in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling for... It is God who works in you mm. for it is God who works mm. in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Um, this is the preservation of the saints. The pre- the idea of, of referring to this doctrine as the preservation of the saints instead of the perseverance is to highlight the work that God is doing. Yeah. We experience it because we live through the trials of everyday life. We live through those seasons of drought where our fruit mm. feels as if it's drying, where where we're on a choppy sea, um, but in those times we feel as if we must be persevering. But the power in which we actually do persevere is given to us by the grace of God through the work of the Holy Spirit. It is God at work in us, yeah. um, and that's where this is comforting: is that it, you know God does what God does. He he will accomplish His will and His purpose. And His purpose was to elect us to save us and he is at work his will is currently to sanctify us and to preserve mm. us mm.
2: so amen sorry how's long go no, <laughs> no. don't <laughs> apologize <laughs> um the man's preaching the gospel we, <laughs> he is he is
0: um i know i'm glad we stopped to talk about that oh oh what's he doing over there what's oh, oh Get more <sighs> Lager he's
1: got more <laughs> My bottle, actually, right here, comes directly from Scotland.
0: Oh, yeah. Not, I, I didn't go to Scotland and pick it my, up. Sadly. My, my bottle came directly from Blake. <laughs> yeah, and I only got two <laughs> ounces, and I'm sad had, about I, that.
1: Sadly, I have fifty milliliters less in my bottle than than you guys have because
0: mm. their bottle sizes are different. Lame, acceptable, lame. So if we if we continue on <laughs> through the sixteen eighty nine here. Um, <laughs> uh now that we've talked about um the temporary believers who um who have deceived themselves with false hopes, carnal presumptions of being in the favor of God and state of salvation, which hope of theirs shall perish, yet such as truly believe in the Lord Jesus, so the elect now we're speaking of, and love him in sincerity, endeavoring to walk in all good conscience before him, may in this life be certainly assured that they are in a state of grace and they may rejoice in the hope of the glory of God, which shall never make them ashamed. Um, I mean, mm. what, what's more comforting than that, right? Yeah. Uh, we can have an assurance of our salvation, right? Mm. Um, God's work on the cross was in fact effectual for his people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's that's what we've talked yeah. about really through this whole series mm. uh, of tulip was leading up to this idea uh, that God was effective and that our salvation is in fact secured.
1: Mm-hmm. As Spurgeon said, "If God if God hath loved me once, then He will love me forever." But Amen. I got another Spurgeon quote. Yeah,
0: Ooh. more than Mary he said.
1: I could never either believe or preach a gospel which saves me today and rejects me tomorrow. Mm. A gospel which puts me in Christ's family one hour and makes me a child of the devil the next. A Mm. gospel which first justified and then condemns me. A gospel which pardons me and afterwards casts me down to hell. Such a gospel is abhorrent to reason itself much more. It is contrary to the mind of the God whom we delight. Serve again our unchanging that, god it is contrary mm. that's what it's unco- our god is unchanging and if he's loved us today he will love us tomorrow
0: that that's one of those things that. that that actually drew me to calvinism was this idea when i when i really got to sitting down and thinking about just the just the logical idea of of this idea that we could lose our salvation right this this idea that you know when we're saved right the holy spirit comes into us he regenerates us uh he takes dwelling in us this idea that he would do that and then leave and then come and then leave and then come and then leave every time we decide to change our mind. That didn't mm-hmm. make any sense to me. <laughs> and so, yeah, like Spurgeon said, this idea that, you know, in one day I'm saved and another I'm condemned. That that's yeah. gross. <laughs> and that's why this ties. Oh, I'm sorry. Sorry, Blake. Go ahead, oh, no, oh, yeah. I, was I was just going to say, th- say th-
1: oh, <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> It's hard with Zoom. So I think you froze for a second there. Yeah, I'm sorry. I was go, just going to say, th- this is why it ties back in with everything else, right? God doesn't love us one day and not love us the next. That's why unconditional election mm-hmm. um, is mm-hmm. so important. You know, we didn't do anything to earn God's love, but God loved us before the foundation of the world. He loved us yeah. before he even created us and he will continue on doing so. That's all I was going to say. Sorry, Amen. Blake. What
2: well, I was going to say, there's a there's a Latin um, phrase from the Reformation era which I'm going to butcher. Uh, Sumo justice et peccator, or Ooh. simultaneously saint Eustace. and sinner. Thank you for, f- yeah. Those of you that actually speak languages, please don't call me out too hard because I do not. Uh, <laughs> Wilhelm is a brackle. <laughs> <Actually, it's... laughs> <laughs> Wilhelm is a brackle. Anyways, do you uh-huh. speak language? <laughs> <laughs> hey, I speak English. <laughs> I speak, he, speak he speaks
0: Dutch names uh, yeah.
2: Herman Bavink anyways which actually is not correct if you go and listen to the Bobcast when they have uh, Dr. James Englund speaking about um, Herman Bavink anyways that's all different
1: wait what is how do you pronounce Bavink have you been doing it wrong this whole time I think
2: so he Her says man, he says the V sounds a little bit more like a like a PH sound so it's more like Bavink but uh, go listen to the Bobcast episode is what I was saying plug <laughs> for the Society okay. of Reform podcast Anyways. <laughs> um, but one of the thought I wanted to hit, I wanted to come back to Hebrews six for a second because so often that is held up as like, like if John three sixteen fails, you know, uh, for God's so love of the world that whosoever believeth in Him shall not perish but have eternal life, and if and if first Timothy two four fails, right, that uh, praying that all would would be saved, uh, or Ezekiel the one about uh no no uh, pleasure in the death of the wicked, mm-hmm. then here come the big guns, right, Hebrews six four, right, it's it, it, there it is, like you you can lose your salvation, well. Let's keep reading in Hebrews 6 for a second here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read 4 so we get the flow. Oh yeah. But I just want to make a point here, right? So Hebrews 6, 4. For it is impossible in the case of those who have been once enlightened, who have tasted the heavenly gift and have shared in the Holy Spirit and have tasted the goodness of the Word of God and the powers of the age to come and have then fallen away to restore them again to repentance, since they are crucifying once again the Son of God to their own harm and holding Him up to contempt for land that has drunk the rain that often falls on it and produces a crop useful to those whose, for whose sake it is cultivated receives a blessing from God. But if it bears thorns and thistles, it is worthless and near to being cursed and its end is to be burned. So that's talking about the apostates, right? We're talking about people that I, I would say from kind of a, a more Westminsterian persuasion these are people that are in the visible church i mean i think but but really ultimately our covenant theology doesn't really differ on this passage too terribly much right because Correct. there's people in the visible church there's people that are baptized there's people that made a public profession there's people that were raised in the church and were baptized as children right who ultimately wait, wait, wait. we fall disagree away. on that well, no, but what I'm saying is I'm there, are people, <laughs> there are people. There are people who are in these different states, right? But at they the same like, time, yeah, we agree on this. We because and then
1: he it as children. And it, <laughs> like
2: I just threw it in there, <laughs> it in. but but what I'm saying is they're they're in the visible church, right? Um, they have the outward signs. They receive the blessing of sitting under the word preached. They've received probably the Lord's Supper if they're of a certain age, right? So they've participated visibly in the means of grace. Mm-hmm. which is what Westminster was talking about earlier about... Well, the, the uh, infants didn't
0: participate.
2: No, that's true. But uh, I'm talking about the old, older <laughs> people. Anyway, so they've participated in these means of grace, and then they've fallen away, right? But what happens after this? So verse 9, but if it bear this this ground, if it bears thorns and thistles, it is worthless and near to being cursed, and its end is to be burned. So obviously the warning there is hellfire for, for you know those who apostatize. But what is what follows mm-hmm. in verse 9? Though we speak in this way so in a manner of speaking in this in this manner of speaking that we speak this way yet in your case beloved so this is the author of the the apostle of the hebrews speaking to the church that he's writing to in your case beloved we feel sure of better things things that belong to salvation for god is not unjust so as to overlook your work and the love that you have shown for his name in serving mm-hmm. the saints as you still do. And we desire each one of you to show the same earnestness, to have the full assurance of hope until the end, Mm -hmm. so that you may not be sluggish, but imitators of those who through faith and patience inherit the promise. Amen. So, you know, so Hebrews 6, 4 is often held up as like this terrifying verse, and it should be, it should cause us to pause. It should cause Mm -hmm. us to reflect and to seek Christ and to throw ourselves upon the, the, the grace of God. But verse 9 through the end there, 11, that's so encouraging. Those Mm -hmm. are some of the most comforting Mm -hmm. words in the Bible, right? We speak in this way, but of you, we're convinced of better things. We're sure of better things that you press on, that you not be imitated, but that you have this full assurance. So the author of the Hebrews in the same breath of it's impossible to restore such a one, such an apostate to salvation at the same breath says they want, he wants the church to have this full assurance of hope that Mm -hmm. holds fast to the end. Not beloved? that we'd be sluggish, but that we're imitators, yeah. right? That we well, he mm. calls them beloved. Who's he
1: calling mm. beloved? That's yeah. the
2: elect, that's like those are the yeah.
1: people of God. Mm. So there might be false professors, but this is this is a letter written yeah. to the the corporate body, the visible mm. churches. You put it like these are the people
0: sitting in the pews, so to speak, on a Sunday mm-hmm. morning. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it's like when my dad preaches, to, right? He he looks and, at the church and he's he's preaching to everybody in the congregation. He'll address them all the same even though there may be people in the pews that don't know Christ and people that do mm-hmm. mm.
1: and yeah. like it's so i'm so happy you went you went back to hebrews 6 to point yeah. out the hopeful yeah. message of the author wanting the beloved to to be assured of mm-hmm. the hope of their salvation right because yeah. it yeah. also needs to be pointed out that everywhere you see warning passages in Hebrews, mm. there's, is there four of them, I think? I can't remember. Ten's uh, another big one. Yeah. But there's a few throughout. And mm-hmm. every time uh, the author gives a warning passage, like like the beginning of six, yeah. he always finishes it with an assurance of of hope, uh, with an assurance of salvation. Every time, go read all the warning an passages. Assurance of pardon? There you go, Ooh. assurance of pardon yeah shout um, out to our boys <laughs> yeah but every every time and so you know everybody go read them read the warnings but don't stop at the warnings uh continue on because immediately following the author gives all of us a reason to hope and and it's always the work that god has has done and is continuing to do in his people that's
2: our hope is god
0: amen working. amen
2: well and there's a phrase that we talk about in covenant theology and i know it's probably more prevalent in circles that i run in but I'm sure I've heard in Baptist circles too, right? We talk about in Reformed theology, right? That there are both divine imperatives that is like, do this, right? Mm-hmm. Do this and live. Uh, and then there are divine indicatives, right? God's sign of his action. But what often happens in broadly evangelical circles is that we we flip the order. So we say, well, here's all these things you have to do and then here's God's promises if you do them. But what we often miss and what reformed theology has been such a comfort to me and what to sit under the preaching of the word every week and to hear this week after week after week um, is so encouraging because you have the divine indicatives, God's promise and his signs and his seals of what he's going to do. Therefore, here come the imperatives, right? Christ says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. But what is he saying? He's not holding a threat like a abusive, uh, significant other or abusive spouse. <laughs> yeah. If you really loved me, what he's saying is, because you love me. Right. Because you love me, therefore you'll keep my commandments, right? The yeah. the, the obedience out is the outflow well, of the promise of God. Th- think, of,
0: think of the Psalms, right? Your mm. your law is honey on my lips, right? This idea that God's law is so sweet to us. We love God's law. We love mm. God's justice and his mercy and His those imperatives that he gives us. We do them not because we're terrified, right? Mm. But because we truly love God and want to honor and glorify God. So it comes out of a, a, frankly, just the only way it's possible is to come from a regenerate heart that's been given repentance, one that's been changed to seek after God, one where the chains have been uh, broken, and and we're truly free to then um, seek after uh, the things that we want to do to, to truly glorify him. So, yeah.
2: That's so good. And to Eric, you were talking about uh, Hebrews 10, but I wanted to actually read the assurance passage from Hebrews 10 in (laughs) verse 19. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, that is through his flesh. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near mm. what a comfort and what a call too to corporate right those those that say and this isn't what this podcast episode's about but those that say "Well, i, I just have jesus i don't need the church well right here we're being reminded no the mm. church is the, the the body of believers and it's the body of christ on earth so yes we need the church yes we need to gather together and worship and to stir one another up to good works as we see the day drawing near. And you know what? The day was close, right? Jesus says the kingdom of God has come upon you, right? It's eminent in the days of Christ. So how much more eminent is the kingdom now? How much more close is this day? How much do we see it drawing near? Yeah. Mm. Amen. Hmm.
1: I, Good stuff. Yeah, I think I think we could probably wrap it, but I, I want to point out is something that you read. I, I think I think you can sum up the doctrine of the perseverance of the preservation of the saints yeah um with this uh you already read part of this let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering for he who promised is faithful Mm. and what did he promise back in john 6 Mm. verse 37 he promised that all that the father gives me will come to me and whoever comes to me i will never cast out for I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of Him who sent me. And this is the will of Him who sent me, that I should lose nothing of all that He has given me, but raise it yes. up on the last day. Yes, and He <sighs> who promised is faithful.
2: Mm. Well, and that's ultimately it, right? That's the point you of those bumps, dude. Getting chills. That's the point of these doctrines, right? The point is not to become. Mm-hmm. combative or super intellectual the point is to reverence christ to see that christ's work on the cross achieved the the mm-hmm. the, the price of his suffering that he will have his bride mm-hmm. that christ is going to sustain that the the father has chosen the people that christ died for the people that the spirit is preserving and awakening mm-hmm. these people throughout the ages and ultimately in the end right what is what is the end of the book revelation twenty two twenty. He who testifies to these things says, "Surely I am coming soon." And and the author says, "Amen, come, Lord Jesus." Isn't that our hope, right? He who promised is faithful. Mm-hmm. So good, man. <laughs> I got nothing after that. That's Listen, it. Yeah. that's the, that's Folks, it. We're, as we've done it we
0: have <laughs> covered the most controversial topics <laughs> no we haven't <laughs> no, no. <laughs> not even close but uh, <laughs> we 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 have officially as a podcast covered tulip it's been done we did it we're alive
1: so so speaking of covering controversial topics does that mean next oh. week you guys are talking about head coverings <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> close but no cigar.
0: so next week we're going to take off
2: from recording uh, speaking
0: of assurance of salvation
2: uh, we were joined we yeah. were invited onto uh, our friend's podcast assurance of pardon Got to hang out with scott and gage and we drank beer with them and we talked about christians consuming alcohol it was a really fun lively discussion so we're excited we'll share that with you guys next week the following week, we'll be back into our normal rotation, so uh, we're excited to indeed, share that. Um, do you guys have any thoughts, before we jump into the rest of this, of things that people can read or listen to to get a little bit further into these doctrines, or to if, if this has piqued their interest, where would they go?
0: Uh, well, they can turn to John, they can turn to First John, they can turn to Hebrews. <laughs> oh, you mean extra-biblical
2: work? Uh, of oh. course. <laughs> Theological <laughs> reflection upon the inerrant, inspired, infallible... Uh, word of God.
0: Yeah. I mean, we, we've, we've, re, we've made these same recommendations every time, pretty much. Um, but diving into chosen by God and the holiness of God by Sproul, um, truly, truly wonderful works. Even if you get the audio book and just listen to them while you're driving. Um, Especially because that's, it's that's Sproul's what I lectures. did. I mean, they were, yeah, yeah they were so, the so phenomenal. Yeah, check out all of his lectures, honestly, on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Just, just sit through and sit under those teachings. They're, they're truly going to go down in history. I mean, he, He's he's a theological giant, right? Yeah. Phenomenal. Um, also, check out his uh, "What Is Reformed Theology." You can also check out the the two uh, the contrary, complementary, whatever you want to call them books for and against Calvinism. Um, check those out if you want. If you don't, you don't have to do that either. I mean, you don't have to yeah. do anything. We're telling you, you know. It's frankly. just a
2: recommendation, and I, yeah. I would also add to that list. Um, <laughs> Knowing and Growing in an Assurance of Salvation or an Assurance mm-hmm. of Faith by Joel Beakey, which is a great reflection, ultimately, on what we're talking about tonight and this idea that, yes, we have this, this, these warning passages and we should take mm-hmm. heed. We shouldn't be um, flippant. We shouldn't just say, well, I'm saved by grace, so I don't need... No, we need to look. We need to reflect. We need to repent. The Christian life is a life of repentance, and yet our assurance, we have assurance of salvation because Christ is the one... Who promises it's not on us. So anyways, Amen. that's really good. Uh, I also, think I
1: recommended uh, it the, uh, first week, but I'll recommend it again. It's just a tiny little booklet, uh, by banner of truth. Mm-hmm. Um, Albert Martin's, I think it was a sermon, I believe called the practical implications of Calvinism. Just a great, easy, quick, you know, you can read it in one sitting, uh, reminder of what these doctrines, what they should stir up in our heart. And, um, also just a great reminder to be humble. <laughs> these doctrines should really humi- uh, hum- yes. humiliate us not hum- humble us, <laughs> humble us. <laughs> that's, that's what I'm trying to say <laughs> sometimes we humiliate, really humiliate ourselves <laughs> yes, on the exactly.
2: internet when we get uh, arrogant about the doctrines of grace yeah. and this, for, yeah. for me this whole series has been a wonderful reminder as you said mm. Erica comfort to reflect on these doctrines but also a reminder that they should humble us because what's the point the point is not I'm so smart look at how much I can argue the point is look at Christ and then look at Christ again. That's the point of these doctrines, not how great I am. The point is, okay, I looked at myself and I'm a sinner. Now let me look ten, like uh, take ten looks at Christ, because mm-hmm. c- look what Christ has accomplished. Look what Christ is doing. Look what Christ will do. Right. That's the beauty of yeah. these doctrines of grace. Yeah. So, anywho, if people wanted to get some doctrinally sound merch, Justin, where can they go? Oh, doctrinally
0: sound merchandise. <laughs> Well, you guys can check us out uh, at shopdistillingtheology.com. You can get there right from distillingtheology.com. I'm going to go check it out right now. I want to see all. There must be a lot of merch there. What is all of
1: this merch? I'm typing it right now. Shopdistillingtheology.com. Let's see. I'm going to, just for everybody listening, let's see what's on here. Oh, we got some quote mugs. Oh, there's some really sweet glassware, but it looks like it's
2: all sold out. <laughs> and oh, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> but there is more coming.
0: But wait, oh, okay. there's more. We uh we yes, yeah, so we just finalized our design for shirts. Ooh. Potentially hats. i don't think we're gonna do socks but you never know you know uh it does say
2: to shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace so
0: (laughs) all right distilling theology socks you heard it here first folks uh but yeah keep an eye out we are we do we promise we assure you we're persevering through (laughs) the production of new merchandise Mm. besides just the mugs yes (laughs) um But yeah, check that out. Also check us out on social media where we can interact with you on a regular basis. Uh, You can ask us questions. You can post memes. You can wink at us if you so please. Um, I don't know why you would do that, but you can. Uh, So join us on Facebook, facebook facebook.com, and search for Distilling Theology. We have a page which you should like and a group which you should join we also have an Instagram with some of the cleanest, most beautiful, most glorifying pictures on Instagram. <laughs> Instagram <laughs> slash Distilling Theology. If you go there, follow us, and we will be chuffed to bits. <laughs> there it is. It's been a while since you've said that. Is
1: that an East Coast thing? I you no, know, it's heck not. Does that
0: mean? I'm pretty sure it's European, but <laughs> What does that mean? He's
2: trying to embrace his uh, London Baptist roots. So, there it that's is. Right. Okay, I dig it. I don't remember being
1: chuffed in the Second London Baptist Confession. <laughs> you you guys want to be That's chuffed in the a 1644. Bit. Oh, no. and if you guys <laughs> want to
2: see our faces and see extended conversations here us talk for a longer period of time about these doctrines. You can check us out at patreon.com slash distilling theology. Join us starting at $4.99 per month. Uh, you'll get the, all that and more, including discounts in the distilling theology store. So as we continue to add for those more merch, mugs, we can get more and, and other stuff coming Ooh, soon. We also you can can get live Get those mugs episodes. and you can
1: come look at these mugs. Oh, there it is. Yeah. And also this. Cool.
2: Uh, <laughs> <over> <laughs> This is why we pay in the big bucks. Uh, the uh, the episodes are live streamed when we record them to Patreon. So in this case, this episode was live streamed over a week or almost a week before it was released from the general public. Also at $14.99 per month, you'll get an exclusive Distilling Theology Patreon bug after three months of support, as well as some extra bonus content in the works. Uh, Justin, where can people find if they enjoy this podcast, but they're like, man, once a week is not enough. <laughs> How do they get more of us? Aside listen, from if they just want listen listen to, listen to, to repeat.
0: I was going to say, if they want to listen to us more than once a week, I'm sorry. But if they want to listen to some further, probably more refined and grown-up content. Uh, <laughs> we serve adult beverages on this show, Justin. What are you talking about? <laughs> Head over to reformpodcasts.com where you can... Join the mega feed of the Society of Reformed Podcasters. Uh, this is a doctrinally sound podcasts from a Reformed perspective, both Presbyterian and Baptist. This is um, true. <laughs> and this includes uh, the friends, of course, that we are recently joined, Assurance of Pardon, um, that you'll hear next week. Also, the Bobcast, Christ in Context, yours truly. Fast God Stuff, the... Reformed Brotherhood, Reformed Pilgrims, Sippin' on Theology, The Steady Anchor Podcast, and wait for it, a new one it seems? Mm. Five Points Church Planting Podcast. So go over there, fill your ears every day with good, wholesome, family-friendly content (laughs) I don't always
1: fill my ears, but when I do, I try to fill it with good, wholesome family content.
2: I don't always listen to podcasts, but when I do, I listen to distilling theology.
0: <laughs> so guys, thank you for joining us. And remember, whatever you do, whether you eat or drink, do all to the glory of God. Soli, Soli Deo, deo, deo glory. <laughs> <laughs> we tried. Enjoy this sneak peek from the full version of this episode available exclusively at patreon.com slash distilling theology. I think we can figure out socks. Let's actually let's let's <laughs> let's go to
2: let's go to our merch site and see. Let me Yeah, let's let's, let's do yeah. it right now. Right let's this find second. Out super socks. <laughs> and This is
1: not no. what the patrons pay for. No. <laughs>
0: yes, it is. <laughs> it is now if they want socks, they're getting socks.
2: <laughs> Man, this sucks. <laughs> 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 uh, it's so bad, uh, but so good.
1: <laughs>